Man, what a summer it was. What an incredible summer. We're so grateful for the summer of 2021. We're back with our student camp. We're back with VBS. This year we had VBX. Took it to a whole nother level. It's an amazing, amazing summer. Also, what an incredible job our guest preachers did into our church. Bill Jones last week, our staff, and the weeks before them, they did an incredible job. So, so, so exciting. And how exciting is the year that will be as we kick off a new school year, this new school. Now, here's what I think is interesting, too. You may not be personally affected by back to school right now. You may not have kids in your home or have any kids at, at any time. You may be an empty nester. You may be a single adult. But I think for all of us, no matter where we are in life, back to school always kind of marks the beginning of a new season, the turning of a calendar. So we are so excited about the year that will be, although I, I guess really and truly the year that will be is still to be determined. I mean, it's we're not there yet. We haven't quite figured it all out. It's to be determined. To be determined. And maybe you've seen it abbreviated somewhere, TBD. TBD means to be Oh, listen, did y'all hear our student nice section over job. here? They know that when I do this, that means you say it back to me. Um, so I have a short attention span. And so the way I teach, which I teach in children a lot, and um, thank you, the students know what to do. So you just fill in the gap. And all of LHC Kids knows if I lean forward, that means you answer like this. If I'll say, and TBD, we all know what that means. It means to be determined. Excellent, excellent job. And you know what? School hasn't started yet, so I'm going to let that B plus that you just gave me on that <laughs> one um, slide. Your first grade but for the year. To be determined, and that's what TBD means. And what does that even mean, to be determined? To be determined means it's not yet been decided. It's not yet been set in stone. It's still up in the air. And as we know, much is still TBD, but it begs the question though, to be determined, who determines it? Who is, who is the determiner who in your life, determine? in your home, and in the world at large? Who is the determiner? You know, I have, I have to admit something to you. As we talk about TBD, I, I have kind of a love-hate relationship with education and academics. Now, I believe, please understand me, I believe in academics. I got a master's in theology. I went to grad school. I, I've done the education thing. And I'll say this. Part of the reason that I love back to school, part of the reason that I love back to school, and maybe even the main reason I love back to school, is because it also means we are back to football. Would somebody <laughs> help me preach? <clears throat> football season is kicking off again. And you know, as a lifetime Longhorn fan, a lifetime, lifelong fan of the Dallas Cowboys, I understand to be determined. I, I know TBD. I mean, if you think about it, the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl was the year our son Joe was born, 1996. For those of you scoring at home, that's 25 years ago. So, Every year I get excited about football season, and this year especially, we'll see. Now, I'm excited about Coach Sark and the Longhorns. Are you kidding me? All gas and no brakes. We're joining the SEC. But even there, let's be honest, how my Longhorns will fare in the SEC? TBD. 
We'll, we'll see. TBD. Y'all, what you don't really know about Matt, he is an eternal optimist, and he is a faithful fan, and he believes every year what they say about the Cowboys. And every year, he will say in the summer, he'll say, I'm not gonna do it this year. I'm not giving the Cowboys my heart. I'm not doing it. They just take it and they step on my heart. I'm not gonna do it this year. And then August rolls around and he starts listening to Colin Cowher and starts listening to radio shows and reading articles. And then he's like, I mean, I think it's gonna be a good year. I, I think it's gonna be a good year. And I'm like, number one, I'm so glad you don't gamble. And number two, I'm like, bless his heart. I mean, he is such a faithful fan. Can I just point out, can y'all all tell how hard my wife is working right now to not sound patronizing? I mean. She, she is, don't misunderstand me, but she's trying not to sound patronizing, I and I appreciate I that. I can't describe to you. We've been married 30 years. Bless him. I mean, he has, yeah, thank you. He has the same passion about the Cowboys as he did the year that and they I'm won try, the Super Bowl. Listen, I have been trying for, 15, for 20 years. I have been trying not to care about the Cowboys. I have. I still care. He, I'm sorry. I still him. care. But this, through um, couples therapy, just kidding, not really. <laughs> but this is, what we've, this is what we've learned about the Cowboys and Mac is that when it comes time for the Cowboys, and I mean, he believes it. He will say, I mean, it was a pretty good draft. I mean, they're saying that we've got a shot at the playoffs. I mean, it's likely we'll go to the Super Bowl. I mean, this is the year. It's unbelievable. By, by the time preseason rolls around, he is all in. He is all in. And we go through this same thing. I love that you love the Cowboys. <laughs> but your passion and enthusiasm does not determine the outcome of the season. <laughs> however much you believe in them and however much you cheer for them and your loyalty does not determine whether they win or lose. I'm not ever. sure I'm by that. He has That's nothing right. to do with that. He does not <laughs> determine. The players, the game, a lot of other people determine what <laughs> happens in that game. But you know what? He can determine. He does determine how all those losses affect the rest of his week. He definitely can determine that. He cannot determine everything that happens around him or to him, but he can always, say always. Always. He can always determine, and you do a good job. Thank you, he can always determine how he responds to everything that happens around him and to him. And that's what we're talking about, to be determined, to be determined, TBD. And as we go into the school year, and we know that much is outside of our control and other people making decisions, but we do get to determine a lot of it. We determine how we approach and respond to those situations. And that's using the word determine as a verb to be determined. It hasn't been chosen, it hasn't been selected. I will determine my response. But it can also be an adjective to describe a person, a person's personality or character or their decisions. And so, yes, Mac determines how he responds, but this year, 
you're going to be determined. You are going to be determined <laughs> about not fully giving your heart, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. you're going to be determined. And we're going to look in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. And I see some LHC kids out there. And so you guys know that when we go to Scripture, when we read from Scripture, we always get our Bibles out. And parents, it's okay for them to yell back at me. They're used to this. The Bible is God's. And God's Word is every time we do it. And they also know that if this um, story is about something that happened way, 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 way before Jesus was born, then it's likely we're going to find it in the Old Testament. Good work, good work. So this is from Daniel. And the story about Daniel is about and Daniel was an Israelite. We learned that those are God's people. He grew up in Israel. And then King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon came over, took over Israel, and actually selected young men. The Bible says that King Nebuchadnezzar selected the smartest and the strongest, and he took them from their home, and he put them in Babylon so that they would then learn the Babylonian ways worship the Babylonian gods, eat the Babylonian food. They gave them new names so that then they would now serve King Nebuchadnezzar. But what he underestimated was that Daniel, everybody say Daniel. Daniel. Was that Daniel had been taught God's way is always the best way, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it's inconvenient. And so when he was taken out, when he was told, you must eat these foods and worship these gods, this is what Daniel, this is how Daniel responds. I love what it says. In Daniel 1.8, and you're gonna read the highlighted word with me. But Daniel was... Determined. Here we go. You guys are getting better every time. But Daniel was... Determined. Determined. He was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. You see, when Daniel grew up in when Daniel grew up in Israel, he was taught that certain foods are unclean. That um, there are only certain foods you should eat. Well because King Nebuchadnezzar was trying to make these guys bigger and stronger, he said, you're gonna eat from the king's table. But see, Daniel remembered, no, God says those foods are unclean. And so he determined what the right thing was, not to eat that food, and he was determined to do the right thing. And so the Bible says that Daniel and his friends talked the chief of staff into it and said, we will only eat clean foods, we will only eat fruits and vegetables. And the chief of staff said, okay, fine. If you continue reading, you see that when they circled back, because he said, just let us do it for 10 days. And when they circled back, that after 10 days of all the other young men eating from the king's table and Daniel and his friends only eating fruits and vegetables, Daniel and his friends were bigger and stronger and did everything better than the other men. You see, Daniel determined what the right thing to do was, and he was determined to do the right thing. And God showed up and filled in the gaps. And that's what it means to determine something and to be determined. And we want to be like Daniel in that. We wanna be just as determined. If you've ever been called stubborn, raise your hand if you've ever been called stubborn. Here's the thing. <laughs> Being stubborn is not a bad thing. Wait, did you say raise your neighbor's hand? Raise your, yeah. <laughs> I may be. Being stubborn is not a bad thing as long as you're stubborn about the right thing. 
Another word for determined is stubborn. So it's not all bad. Go ahead and be stubborn. Just be stubborn about the right things. Be determined. TBD. I want you to turn to your neighbor and with a smile, everybody smile, and then grit your teeth through your smile and say, undetermined. Undetermined. Now, it's hard to do that. It's hard to smile and grit your teeth. But here's what happens. When you are TBD, when you decide TBD, to be determined, there is a joy that comes from that determination. And there is a, it's not just gritted teeth. It's a grit in your spirit. It's a grit that says, I will do this no matter what. To be determined means this. It means that no matter what happens around you, no matter what happens to you, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, you are determined. You are determined to bring God's leverage, God's lordship into every situation. As Julie says, every crook and cranny in the world, into your life, that brings that determination. It means that you decide. Daniel was determined, but he decided to be determined. That means that you become, bear with me for just a second, because I thought about this as we were preparing for this message. That means that you become, I become the determinator. <laughs> you are the determinator. And you have to say it like Arnold would say it. Tell your neighbor, I am the determinator. I am the determinator. Isn't that fun to say? Now, it's more fun if you're backing it up, if you're actually doing it and becoming the determinator. But it begs the question, how do you do it? How do you become a determinator? How do you become the determinator of your life to be determined in every situation? For me to be the determinator of my life, I must you first... You say it like Arnold said. Uh, for me to be the determinator... I can't. <laughs> the determinator of my life, then I have to acknowledge there That's are right. things out of my control, but I can always say always... Always. I always determine how I approach and respond to them. So mm -hmm. for me to be a determinator, for you to be a determinator, no matter your age or life stage, we want to go into it saying, all right, God has called me to this, and I am determined to be obedient to him. So we're going back to TBD. So everybody give me a T. T. Uh, hey, wait a minute. You know what? I'm going to take a time out here. Kids, y'all are doing great. I want the kids to evaluate how the grown-ups around them, doesn't have to be your parents, but let's have all the grown-ups in the room respond to this one. Give me a T. T. Oh. There it is. Now we're all on the same page going forward. T is for think it through. To be a determinator, the first thing you do, you have to learn how to think it through. Mm. We want to empower kids. We want to empower adults to learn how to think it through. We want to help, we want to become 
critical thinkers. We are in this together. This is not us doing our study and talking to you. <laughs> we are learning with you how important critical thinking is. And it's not cynical thinking, but it is critical thinking. We have to learn how to process information. To Actually, we have a fearless mom definition. Uh-oh, sidetrack. Fearless mom is a ministry <laughs> that we have at this church because we don't want moms to feel like they have to do it alone. We talk a lot about partnering with parents, and one of the ways we partner with parents is the ministry Fearless Mom. We meet on Wednesday mornings and Wednesday evenings, and um, we would love for you to be part of it. Registration opens on Friday, August 20th, and um, you can find out more information at fearlessmom.com. Okay, sorry, a little infomercial there, but uh, we would love to walk (laughs) alongside you. We're all in this together, as Troy Bolton says. So... Some of you got that reference, thank you. Uh, So we have a fearless mom definition because we believe that critical thinking is so important not only for ourselves, but to equip our children. So I'm gonna read the definition to you. What is critical thinking? What do we mean by critical thinking? Intentionally identifying, analyzing, and applying information to make decisions and solve problems. We have to learn to identify and analyze, say analyze, Analyze. That's the thinking it through. We have to learn how to identify, analyze, and then apply that information. Um, It's really two parts. I identify and analyze, and then I apply it to make decisions and to solve problems. And why is critical thinking such a big deal? Well, I'm gonna start by telling you a quote that I read on the internet. Ready? I want you to listen to it. Don't believe everything you see on the internet. That was a quote from Abraham Lincoln. Ah, we've got some critical thinkers, okay. Okay, I'm gonna say it again so that those who are still learning and developing your critical thinking muscle. Abraham Lincoln was quoted as saying, don't believe everything you see on the internet. Got it? Okay, see we know that I read that and it looked like it was a fact But that is not a fact because the internet was invented long after Abraham Lincoln died. But we are so bombarded by so much information that we have to learn to press pause and process that information, to identify and analyze and then apply that. I read that, I see it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Abraham Lincoln was so wise. And then I think, (laughs) wait a minute, that can't be right, you know? And that's what it means by identifying, analyzing, and applying that information. We don't want to be, um, to believe everything we see, read, or even think. We don't want to be influenced by people with their own agendas. In Fearless Mom, we talk a lot about what we do want though. That's interesting about what we don't want, but what do we want? We want to be able to discern, and we want our kids to be able to discern fact from fiction and real from pretend. We want them to be able to identify and analyze and then go, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with what I know to be real and true. And then we want them to be able to make wise decisions and to solve problems because they identified the information, analyzed the information, okay, I'm gonna apply the information, 
based on what they know to be real and true. And we love truth around here because we need to stand on a solid rock. There is so much shifting sand. And can we give a shout out to our students who are leading today? You guys are amazing. What you don't know about these leaders over here is that they were up early every morning during VBS and they came in on time. Not one of them was ever late. They led through VBS and through VBX and then they were up early on Sunday morning doing the same things. This is amazing. Unbelievable. But they also understand that what they're doing, see, is empowering these children with truth. Because when they sing those songs, our prayer is that those songs are ringing in the kids' heads Monday through Saturday. So we repeat them and we sing them because we want them to analyze information against what is real and true. And so God's Word, as we all said earlier, the Bible is God's Word. And God's Word is True. Very good. And that's what we want them to do. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. And I want y'all to read the highlighted part with me. Julie, do you mean just kids or everybody? Oh, thank you for it. Yeah, we want everybody (laughs) to participate. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive... Every thought. Every thought. We take captive, say it again. Every thought. To make it obedient to Christ. Another version says we take hold of every thought and then we make it obey Christ. This is what we teach. We said, grab that thought, catch that thought, catch that feeling and recognize it as just that. That is a thought not necessarily a truth. That is a feeling, not necessarily a reality. And so we want to teach kids. We want to teach parents. We need to learn how to catch that thought and then analyze it and say, is it real and true? And so what is the T for to be determined? Think it through. Think it. Excellent, excellent. B, give me a B. B. Believe what's true. Believe what's true. It, yes, you have to think it through, but you have to know, you have to believe what is actually true. And can we just all agree? That that's one of the beautiful things I think about the church is just look around the room for a second. Take, take a look around the room. Do, the, do this. Don't, don't just like look at me. Look around the room. Look, first of all, at what a kaleidoscopic array of people and faces and backgrounds and histories and homes we all come from. Look also, doesn't God have a sense of humor? (laughs) But part of what God does in the church, in the community of faith, is he helps us learn and discover together what is true. What is actually true? And the beautiful thing about the community of faith is that we follow, we worship, we love, we trust Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The ultimate expression of truth is not in a book. The ultimate expression of truth 
is the person Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says he is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end, and he holds everything between together and sustains everything. And so we follow and we worship him. But in order to do that, we have to believe the truth. That's why God has given us scripture. That's why God has given us the Bible. That's why God gives us the family of faith. I was thinking about the verse that Julie read in Daniel. How did Daniel know the truth about who he was, the truth about what was the right thing to do. He knew that because his parents, he learned about it at home and he learned about it in the community of faith. His parents partnered with the community of faith and raised him up to know who he was so that when it came to be crunch time in his life, when he was removed from home, when he was removed from all that was familiar, when he was removed from his parents, he knew the truth. And so he held on to the truth and he lived it out and he believed it no matter what was going on around him. Daniel was a determinator. Daniel was doing the stuff because his parents had partnered with this community of faith. In his case, it would have been the temple. For you and me, it's the church. We partner together and together we discover truth because, man, I can get, anybody here, have you ever like gotten in your own head? Does anybody ever get in your own head a little bit? Let's do this. Let's, let's, have a, let's have some fun in the family for a second. Have any of, my hand's already up because I know the question, but have you ever been led astray by your own thoughts or feelings? Let me just see a show of hands. If you've ever been led astray, those of you with your hands up, thank you for your honesty. It happens, doesn't it? So to believe what's true, we have to, we have to know what's true. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But scripture, read, read these highlighted words in this verse. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. This is a pillar verse. This is a pillar verse that you can build, that's one of the verses you can build your life around. Read the highlighted words with me. It says, for the word of God is alive, alive and, and powerful. powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. You can probably tell I'm a little fired up this morning, not only because it's back to school blessing, not only because we had a drum line welcoming you into church, which is always a good way to go to church. I'm a little fired up because of what's happening next week. Next week, we together as a family, as a community of faith, we're launching a teaching series that I am beyond fired up about. Over the next few weeks as a church, we are going to enter into a teaching series, not only looking at in the Bible, but about the Bible. We're starting a series called The Bible for All It's Worth. And what we're gonna do over the next few weeks is look at what is the Bible, because here's the thing that I've discovered in my life, but also in the people that I get to visit with. Let's say that you're not a follower of Christ yet. Let's say that you're just kicking the tires. Maybe you're even a skeptic, or maybe even you've passed skepticism and you're into cynicism about the things of faith. First of all, we're thrilled that you're here. Whether you're in the room or you're watching online, we love you and we are thrilled that you're here. But most of the folks who would line up in that camp don't believe the Bible is even relevant. It's kind of an old-fashioned relic and just kind of, yeah, whatever. 
But I've also noticed that people who are maybe longtime followers of Christ, people who are wily veterans of the faith, a lot of us don't know really why we believe the Bible. We believe the Bible, but it's hard to articulate why. We don't know why we believe what we believe. And so I think what God began stirring in me about five or six months ago that's just now kind of bubbling up to the surface and crystallizing, I am so excited about where, where this series can go, where it can take you, where it can take me, where it will take us as a church family, the Bible for all it's worth. Because when you understand Scripture as a gift and not, not an imposition maybe, it changes everything about the way you live, about the way you interact with God, about the way you interact with the God who loves you perfectly and unconditionally. It, 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 and so my, I'm so excited about this series for all of us, but especially, I think especially for those of you who, those of us who are between, say, 13 and 30. I think for you all to, my, my prayer for you and for all of us, but especially for y'all, is that you will develop a passion and a love for the word of God, that you will see it as a gift from God who loves you perfectly as is, and he loves you too much to leave you where you are. He loves you so much, he wants to shape your heart, shape your mind, shape your life to be more like him, and to see and to experience more of who he is day in and day out. And so, that's, I'm, I'm a little fired up, so that's my shameless plug this morning is about where we're going. And also, I want to ask you to do something. Make a priority to be here over the next six weeks. Let's just say six weeks. And listen, I know, Julie and I, believe me, we, our kids haven't been out of the house that long. I know how busy this time of the year is. I know how many things are going on. But I promise you this. I promise you, there is nothing, say nothing, Nothing. There is nothing more important, not even Longhorn football. There is nothing more important than what God wants to do in your life and in my life, what God wants to do in the life of this church, and nothing replaces being in the room. Now, if you're, if you're online and you're, maybe you're sick or you're vulnerable, we are thrilled that you can connect with us this way. Maybe you're checking us out for the first time. That's great. But just understand, nothing replaces being in the room where it happens. Nothing replaces that. Online is a great substitute. It can be a great introduction. It is a terrible, it, is, it can be a great supplement. Great supplement. It's a terrible substitute for what actually happens in the room when we gather with the family of faith together. So over the next six weeks, we're going to be here together. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you, invite you, cajole you, exhort you. I don't use the word exhort very often. Whatever it takes, make worship a priority as we begin the Bible for all it's worth. So, so that we learn to believe what's true. To believe what's true. So we want to learn to think it through, and then we want to believe what's true. And then finally, the D. Everybody give me a D. D. Do the right thing. So... We want to 
identify and analyze and learn how to process information. And then we want to apply it and do the right thing, just like Daniel did. Daniel determined what the right thing was, and then he was determined to do it. So you have to think it through, believe what's true, but then you have to take that next step and do the right thing. Sometimes the right thing is inconvenient. Sometimes the right thing is awkward. Sometimes doing the right thing is lonely but the right thing is always the best thing. And God will arm you and give you the strength you need to do the right thing. So as uh, Mac is teaching uh, about the Bible and why we believe it, and LHC Kids, we're gonna be doing our Strong Enough series. And what we do is we arm kids with that knowledge of you are strong enough to be the only one to do the right thing. You're strong enough to be kind. You're strong enough to be brave. You're strong enough to do it afraid. You're strong enough to respect the authorities even when those around you don't. You're strong enough to be the only one to do the right thing, just as Daniel did. What we want today, we wanna arm you with how to be a determinator so that when you get on that bus, when you head to that cafeteria, when you walk into that classroom, when you you know walk into that locker room, you're saying, I am a determinator. I will determine what the right thing is, and I am determined to do the right thing. I'm gonna think it through, believe what's true, and then the final one, I'm gonna do the right thing. Um, Philippians 4.13, we have learned this in LHC Kids. We go back to it all the time because it applies to everyone at every stage of life. Philippians 4.13, obviously, I want you to read the highlighted word with me. Here we go. I can do all. Say it again. I can do all. I can do all. I can do all things through Christ because he gives me strength. I can do all things as a determinator, as someone who determines the right thing and then is determined to do the right thing. I have to remember that if God has called me to it, he will equip me for it. He will give me the strength I need to even be the only one to do the right thing. And then I remember, because it says I can do all things, I can do hard things through Christ because he gives me strength. I can do scary things. I can do new things through Christ because he gives me strength. I can do brave things through Christ. I can do good things through Christ. I can do kind things. Whatever it is you know that God is calling you to do, that you have determined is the right thing to do, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he will give you the strength to do it because I can do, what does the Bible say? I can do all. I can do what? All. All things through Christ because he gives us the strength. He's called you to it. He wants to bless you. He wants to help you discern what the right thing is and he will give you the strength to do the right thing. And that's really kind of always been what the back to school blessing is about, not just this year. But it's, it's always, no, and again, You may not, back to school may not even be on your radar screen, but the end of summer is, a new season of fall is, a new opportunity to kind of replant your flag and say, this is who I am. I will be a determinator. I will be someone who lives determined, somebody who brings God into the day-to-day, into the hour-by-hour, the minute-by-minute, and says, I will determined to bring the leverage of God, the lordship of God into every situation of my life. Every year at the Back to School Blessing, we have a time of prayer. And so today, 
as we draw this service to a close, I wanna ask all of the students in the house, if you would just stand to your feet, if you're getting ready to go back into a classroom or maybe begin a homeschooling year, if you're a student, I wanna say something to you before I pray for you, okay? Y'all, you personally are a huge part of this church family. I don't just mean like we like to have stuff for you so you're constructively occupied. You are Lake Hills Church. We love your parents. We do. But you guys are never out of our minds for anything that we do. We love you and we believe in you. And so I want to pray for you and with you as you start this new year. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, as a church family, we thank you for every single student that you have entrusted to this community, this community of faith, this family of faith. And Father, as they begin a new school year, I pray in Jesus' name that you would go with every one of them. God, that they would walk out of here, that they would walk into this new year with a new awareness of you. God, of your presence, of how much you love them. God, give them your grace. Give them your courage to be the determinator that you want them to be day in and day out. Father, I pray that you would bless them, guard and protect their hearts and their minds and their lives. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.